Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Bucks General Manager Jason Light was on, I think it was Sirius NFL Radio, if I'm not mistaken. I got the link here. You guys can go find that yourselves. But uh, not a ton of breaking news. He was asked, obviously, about Tom Brady coming back. Yes, they were going to leave the light on for him, and he did come back. And he said something that I think I just kind of went, what? Got some eyeballs, which was, yeah, we hope he's here for, I don't know, three, four, five years. <laughs> It, now, is this as a quarterback or is this as an owner? I'm not sure which. No, 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 no. This is breaking news. Oh. I mean, he's saying we hope he's here for, why is it not 15 or 20 years? Good point. I mean, why are you only hoping for three or four? Mm, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, come on. At 60, he's got to be better than half the quarterbacks in the league. Well, based on what everybody's giving up for him, he might be. But um, I... I I just thought I think it was tongue in cheek, but who knows, right? I mean, I'm sure that this wishful thinking. I've been even since it's just been a little over a week since he came back. I've been thinking about like how does the end of the year play out, right? Whether whether he ends the Super Bowl and the confetti and all that or not, can you imagine what like that last game is going to be? Okay, Tom, now you're really going to retire this time, right? You know, and who's going to believe him when he does? I mean, this is the thing about kind of kind of coming out of retirement is the next time you really go into it, you could be Brett Favre where you come out of it twice, right? Maybe three times. So it's going to be hard to believe exactly what's going to happen. But um, maybe he's got some other connection that he's, you know, maybe be offered some ownership for the for the Bucks. Who knows? Maybe he'll stick around, do that, help out Jason Light or whatnot. So that was interesting. The other thing that was interesting, he was asking, we mentioned this the other day because um, – Who's the guy? The uh, guy on ESPN that used to quarterback for the Bucks, Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky, thanks. So Dan Orlovsky brought this up, like he thought it would be a great idea if Baker, if the Bucks went all in on Baker Mayfield. And you said correctly that well, the problem is Baker Mayfield got his fifth year option picked up for like eighteen million. There's no contract beyond this year, and I don't know since you would be transferring the fifth-year option, essentially, if a team could then extend them. That, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question, so don't put it in the mailbag because I can't be 100% correct on it just yet. Um, but, you know, Jason Light was asked about Baker Mayfield, and he fell back on the stock answer, which he frankly has to, is, which is, look, I cannot comment on players on other teams. Baker Mayfield is very much a Cleveland Brown right now. Now, Sean Watson is too. So we we know that uh, that Mayfield's going to leave. By the way, I guess there is mutual disinterest between the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield, as well as Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. So he would like to go to a better team, please. And I had said when it was brought up the other day by Orlovsky was that, well, it's not the worst idea I've heard, except that the, I, I think both the compensation that you would have to give up some sort of a, of a, of a pick, and I believe the Browns, probably want a number one that probably will have to settle for less than that. Um, between that and, and trying to lock him up, 
it would make sense. And then, you know, as Jason Light said, if you're expecting Tom Brady to play more than one year, it really doesn't make sense because, you know, you're essentially writing off Kyle Trask. If you bring in another backup quarterback that can play that's young, you're you're essentially saying, you know, we're going to cut ties with Kyle at some point because he's never going to get on the field uh, unless you think he's going to compete with Baker. So it's a long way of saying I don't I don't believe this is going to happen. I think it, it is, you know, much more likely they re-sign Blaine Gabbard at some point and they all fall back in their traditional roles, and Tom Brady will have something to say about that because, believe me, these great quarterbacks, they have a say over who's in the room, you know. I can remember years ago, and it, <clears throat> I don't know if Sean King's listening to this podcast or not. If he's not, why well, isn't he? But if you recall, after Sean left here, I believe he was in Arizona for a while, and then he went to Indianapolis. His last breath of football was with the Colts and Tony Dungy, who, of course, drafted him in the second round. And Peyton Manning was the quarterback, of course, in Indianapolis at the time. And Sean had a great preseason. Like, he outplayed the current backup was Jim Sorge from the University of Wisconsin, I believe, and go Badgers. And so Sean went there with his former coach, played really, really well. You know, Peyton didn't play a lot in the preseason. Sean played outplayed Sorge by a lot, and he still got cut. And the reason was, in essence... And and Dungy, I think, would confirm this. It wasn't that Sean didn't earn the job because he did. It was just that Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, and he gets to kind of choose, in a sense, which quarterback he wants in that role. You know, it's a very important role. You're in the room, all that stuff. And he was used to working with Sorgi, so it didn't work out. I wonder if Tom Brady doesn't have sort of that same influence. In other words, you know, they can't just sign – or bring in any quarterback that's going to sit in that room and, and, you know, sit behind Tom Brady. Not that Brady's going to, you know, actively groom any of these guys, but I would think, you know, that's that, that job of a backup quarterback is more than just what you do with reps in practice, et cetera. It's, it's really about um, being an extra set of eyes, you know, for Brady. Uh, in the case of, of Gabbard, he helped teach him the offense, but beyond that, it's what you do during the week, film study, little things you, you, you're able to detect. You're given assignments, um, you know, to try to look at defenses and things. And so, you know, it's a very particular position that a guy like Brady would probably want to influence in some ways. And I, I don't see Baker Mayfield filling that role without Brady's blessing. And like I said, who knows how long Brady's going to be here. So they're not going to do it, in my opinion, and I don't know where Baker Mayfield ends up. Maybe Seattle. It's not going to be Carolina. We know that. You know where else it's not going to be? Uh, Miami. And they got two quarterbacks down there. And now, talk about your block, blockbuster trades. What an offseason this has been, right? We've talked about all the quarterback movement. Who had this on their bingo card? Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for a ton of of draft picks. And oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill is guaranteed something like $72, $74 million. That was shocking. And I mean, I, I think back to the, the Chiefs game, not the Super Bowl, but the regular season game two years ago when Tyreek Hill just scorched the Bucks defense. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Absolutely torched them. And, and you see how he can completely change a game from the receiver position mm-hmm. because he is so fast mm-hmm. and skilled as a receiver. 
I mean, we've seen fast guys in football, but they can't catch the ball or can't run routes well. I mean, he can do it all. Yep. And, you know, Mahomes to lose that weapon. I mean, I, I, and, but and you and I were talking for the podcast. When your quarterback takes 40 to $50 million of cap space mm-hmm. and receivers are now getting 20-plus million, you, gotta, you have to cut something. You're not cutting Mahomes. So your weapons have to go at that point. I mean, if there's one thing that Tom Brady, and we've talked about this before, I mean, and, and for whatever reason, because his wife makes a lot of money or he's just content with $25 million and his other interests, he takes less than most of the top quarterbacks and allows him to have more weapons around him or a better defense or a better special team, whatever it is, whatever, whatever's needed. You know, I mean, you know, let's restructure the contract so I can sign Antonio Brown or Leonard Fournette or Rob yeah. Gronkowski or you know, name your pick. And you know, and I'm look, I'm not faulting Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or name your quarterbacks. I got no problem with you getting as much money as you can get. I mean, your your career is short, unless you're Tom Brady. You know, so I got no problem with you getting as much money as you get, but there are consequences to it when you have a salary cap. The more money you make when you're at the top end, the less you have to spend elsewhere. Yeah, and the Chiefs have been up there for a while, so they've got a number of guys that they've been paying, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously they, they felt they couldn't afford they, they Look, they also got a, a fair amount of compensation. I think it's a first-round mm-hmm. pick, a second-round pick, maybe a fourth-round or something like that. And they've signed Smith-Schuster, so, it, you know, Joe, they have Ju- another Ju- good Smith, receiver. Yes, Juju Smith-Schuster's there. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like all of a sudden now they don't have a receiver. Right. Now, the question becomes, first of all, I mean, I think Tyreek Hill got what he wanted, which was paid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, in the NFL, if you make it to a second contract, much less a third, um, that's what it's all about. And the money is so big now, and we talked about this when Ali Marpet retired, that these guys are not going to play as long. They're mm-hmm. just not, mm-hmm. you know. And especially if you get to, a, you know, not a second, but a third quarter contract order. So Tyreek Hill... He's won a Super Bowl, all that. He's done everything he can do. He's been to six Pro Bowls already. Mm-hmm. Not not a rookie by any means, but he went for the check. And I like what Miami's doing. Miami's added a ton of speed at the running back position with Mozart. Like, they've got a bunch of guys, but it's a new regime. It's a new program. Here's the thing. Who's going to miss who more, right? So Patrick Mahomes is still going to sling it. And I think I saw a stat the other day where, you know, the games where Tyreek Hill didn't play, he was pretty damn good. He averaged like 350 yards a game and, you know, his ratings were high and all of that. Having said that, what Tyreek Hill does is take the top off a of defense. I mean, you, you literally, he will run by you, you know, and so you have to play too deep. You, ha- you know, even then the dude can just keep going. And, and the beauty of it was he has the most 20-yard-plus touchdowns in the NFL – um, since he's been in the league. And a lot of times it's simply that, you know, Mahomes will drop back, extend the play. We saw this in the Super Bowl. He just drops straight mm-hmm. back and it's, you know, seven yards, five yards, ten more yards, you know, all that. And then he just launches. And his arm is so strong that defensive backs, first of all, they can't plaster guys for five seconds. And secondly, they can't believe how far he can throw the ball. And Tyree Kill, how fast he can get down that field, 50, 60 yards. You're not going to have that in Miami. 
I assure you, the one the the thing I know about Tua Tungabaloa is does not have the strongest of arms. Period. Is not going to be a deep ball thrower in in his career, to be honest with you. And then they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who no longer is is really a, a great deep ball thrower. He has an adequate arm. Both those guys are okay. Um, but when you go from Mahomes to Tua, that's a big change. And I think defenses are going to say, you want to throw it over our heads? We know that guy out there is fast. Go ahead. Let's see how far you can throw it. And, you know, it's going to be a process. Meanwhile, Kansas City, um, like I said, Mahomes can extend plays, create openings for his receivers. With these draft picks, they'll become a better football team. I don't know if it's right away because so much ran through, you know, Hill and Kelsey that you've lost now 50% of that. But I still would bet on Kansas City being very, very good. And I'll bet you they do a good job with these draft picks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, if I had to pick a winner here, it's the draft picks and the, the, the loss of that salary off their salary cap. I mean, that's huge for them. You know, well, this, absolutely- is, this is the cost of winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been to four straight AFC championship games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those players want to get paid when their contracts mm-hmm. are up, and they've won a Super Bowl. That's right. So, you know, is you know, well, you should stay at Kansas City with Mahomes and win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's got a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't fault a guy for wanting to get paid. No. Uh, and, and, you know, as an organization, you know, at some point you can't pay every. I mean, the Lightning have gone through that recently. We've talked about that a lot. That's yeah. why Gord and Goodrow and Coleman aren't here and Tyler Johnson aren't here anymore. Yeah. And Andre Palat probably won't be next year. And maybe even another big name won't be here next year. Maybe an Alex Kalorn or, or something. You know, I mean, because guys want to get paid, and then you got to you know got to pay others that are, the young guys that have gotten good. And this yeah. is what happens in a salary cap league. And so you know, it, it, the move shocked me for the Chiefs. Uh, shocked's not the right word. Surprise, surprise me. But when you see the Hall coming back mm-hmm. and knowing they've signed Juju Smith Schuster, mm-hmm. you're going okay. I get it. In, in in the salary cap world, you know, if Mahomes is going to take fifty million or forty, whatever his contract is, I forget what his number is. It's over forty. Forty five, yeah. Kelsey's getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, you paid Smith Schuster, not nearly that much, but you know, at, at some point you got to go. Well, we still need to fix this position and this position and this position, and I mean that's just it's what that's what happens in a salary cap world. So when you saw the haul that came back to Kansas City, I get it. Absolutely. And Andy Reid would be remiss if somebody made him that offer and he didn't accept it in some ways because they're at that not, – not that they have to rebuild because they don't. I mean, we have that quarterback, but you are going to have to restock a little bit. And, you know, he, he gives him that, you know, the ability to do that. Look, I like what Miami's doing. I mean, we're going to find out if Tua – is the answer there. I mean, that that's the one thing I, I can assure you because, you know, new head coach um, seems to be fired up about him. I mean, he's going to get competition in Teddy, um, but I don't think there's any question that they're, you know, trying to, you know, trying to salvage this guy's career. And it doesn't help when you change head coaches all the time uh, and that sort of thing. But I think, I think he's going to get a chance because you're putting really great players around him. And that's 
that's the secret, you know, to giving a quarterback a chance to develop when you have a young one like that. And, you know, the other thing they did in, in this weekend, the New Orleans Saints, is they also signed uh, Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints, a left tackle that, you know, got a $75 million deal from, from the Dolphins. So the Saints have been have been hit by some of their decisions through, you know, over the years in the salary mm-hmm. cap year as well. So it was, it was a bad year for – I mean, I'm telling you, between Carolina – um, not having a quarterback, we'll see what they do. They have Sam Darnold right now. When you look at Atlanta, and they're going to go with Marcus Mariota, and you know, cut Matt Ryan loose. The Saints re-signed Jameis Winston, who you know beat these guys a year ago when he, he got hurt though and tore his ACL, and he was five and two with them. But their their offensive line now has been weakened. They're going to lose some players. New head coach without Sean Payton. This is a great opportunity. And what's funny is. While all these other free agents are going and getting paid, look how many of them have stayed right here in Tampa Bay. You know, I, I, it was amazing that they reloaded and, and, and did all that after they won the Super Bowl, you know, run it back and all that stuff. And they, you know, they got all 22 starters, and that was the narrative going into last season. Of course, a ton of injuries changed some of that, but they still made it really within one bad play of maybe playing the NFC Championship game here at home against San Francisco. But... To do it two years, and I mean, in, in essence, maybe not everybody comes back, but the people that have really mattered are back. And and all of them, almost to a man, have said, well, you know, Tom Brady's back. And yet their contracts, like Leonard Fournette's, which is three years, mostly all of them will most likely, you know, outlast however long Brady is here this time. So not only did you get him back because Brady's here, but in case of Chris Godwin and some others, you got him for three years. I don't know. I don't know if Light's right that Brady's going to play three to five years, but that's how long you're locking up the core of this team, and then you're adding on top of that guys like Russell Gage, and you know, so you've gotten better in areas in addition to getting your own players back, and they still got more work to do. Uh, I think they'll do it. I, I think the focus is on their own guys. Gronk, of course, is still out there. I think. It's, I think if he's going to play, it's inevitable he'd be here. Um, they re-signed Will Golston. We'll see if Sue's even in the conversation. I'm, I don't know that he is. JPP is probably not. Um, but there are still some guys that they would like to have back. But, you know, everybody's coming back. They're not playing for free, but they're coming back. And so this team is going to stay together with Brady because, like you mentioned, he's taken $25 million, $27 million and not 45 or $50 million away Aaron Rodgers is. And you know, Rodgers loses Devontae Adams, not so much for the money, but maybe for the money. And and that's how teams are unable to stay on the top. I mean, it's a, you know, competitive balanced league, and that's what the salary cap is about. But, you know, it's allocation. You have to choose where to spend the money. I I tend to think this is, you know, if if you're, let's put it this way, the Bucks had a very good day. They're not going to have to cover Tyreek Hill, and they're not going to have to cover Devontae Adams this year. That's a pretty good start, you know, because both those guys are on the schedule, Green Bay and Kansas City, and neither one of those players who have destroyed the Bucks in the past, especially Hill, as you mentioned, neither one of those guys, unless they find him in the Super Bowl, are going to wind up playing against the Bucks this year. So Now, Rick, you're probably going to face the Dolphins in, in preseason, so, you know. That's true, but <laughs> we don't care. I mean, we Maybe a care. joint practice with them, too. You never know. I mean, well, that'd be fine. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> sell their players. I mean, they, 
they got good players. I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you should be excited. Florida football looking up, at least in the NFL version. Trevor Lawrence has some new targets as well. New coach, thank God. So all that's all that's promising, right? Let's get into I, I, I We've kept this conversation. We kind of pushed it, kicked the can down the road a little bit because we had other things going on that were sort of more pressing in free agency and whatnot. Um, and, uh, well, let's do this. Uh, I think there was a mailbag question. We're going to have mailbag tomorrow. But let, there was one about Baker Mayfield, I, I, if I seem to recall. Yeah, Rob had emailed. He said, hey, what is the knock on Baker Mayfield exactly? You know what's funny? I, I've heard the knocks, but I'm not sure I agree with them. I, I think a lot of times, you know, people speak things into existence, write things into existence, and I tend to rely on coaches and, and sort of what my own eyes show me, okay? And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Baker had a, a pretty decent year. I think they made the po- they made the postseason and all of that. I remember this, that after Dirk Cutter was fired, Todd Munkin, who is now the offense coordinator at the University of Georgia and just won a national championship, thank you, he went to Cleveland for one year. Uh, they fired a coach, and then they hired Stefanski. But he was their offensive coordinator, and the Bucks played the Browns in the preseason in Tampa. And I went over to, I think it was the Marriott there on Waterside, and sat with Coach Monk, who I had gotten to know and respect, and you know, uh, one of the better guys that I've covered throughout my career. Very helpful in a lot of ways, and so. I, I trusted him, and I trusted, you know, he was the offensive coordinator here the last year under Dirk, and I, I trusted sort of his expertise because he had coached college football at, at Southern Miss. He has a pretty good resume. He understands players. He understands quarterbacks. And so Baker actually walked by when we were we were talking at the waterside, and I said, what about that guy? And he goes, you know what? I love him. And that's not a word that Monk, Monk would use very often. He wasn't really prone to hyperbole. And I go, what do you like about him? And he said, because guys will follow him. He goes, you know, he, he, he said he's, he, he doesn't, he, he told me at least, he goes, he's not an excuse maker. Uh, he wants to be great. And he will pour his guts out to try to win. He will fight you. And guys like that. He goes, now he's cocky. He says he's very confident. He's very, you know, almost to the point of arrogance at times. And sometimes he says that can get him in trouble because he thinks he can make every play. Who's that sound like? He said, but I really like the guy. And he goes, I, you know, I, I think he's going to be successful if, and, and he, you know, sort of like we don't screw him up or the Browns don't screw him up. And, of course, they fired a the coach, you know, got a new coach. So every time you do that with a quarterback, you know, they're kind of starting over with the offense language. Look, they brought in players. All I know, and I'm not close to the situation there in Cleveland, but Baker Mayfield played hurt, and he had a lot of things hurt. Right, we knew about the left shoulder injury. There were other things on him as well, and he did not back out of there. You know, he fought and fought and fought, and you know, I, I mean, a lot of that stuff didn't go well. Obviously, with Odell Beckham Jr., who now suddenly wants to play there in Cleveland again with Deshaun Watson. But from what I know that I've been told about Baker, um, I think he's gonna if he got with the right team. And there's a lot of talent on that Cleveland team, so he should have won more games. And that's ultimately the blame always ends up on the quarterback or the coach or both. But I still think his best football is ahead of him. And if he gets healthy, 
Um, he wouldn't be a bad guy to take a shot at, man. I mean, I, I still think you can build around him. You know, again, number one pick went, went to one of the worst teams in football. That's, that's how that works. And now the Browns have, you know, pretty good personnel and they should be winning more consistently. People say, well, you know, he's an excuse maker. He, you know, um, can't win the big game. I mean, yeah, all that. I mean, there's evidence of some of that, but I don't, I don't know that we really know Baker the way his teammates know him, the way his coaches know him. Obviously the organization was ready to move on from him, but not, not for anybody. I mean, how many teams did we see? Like even the Atlanta Falcons, they were so all in on Matt Ryan that they had to trade the guy, you know, he wasn't coming back there. And that, that of course was the case with the Cleveland Browns. And it would have been the case uh, with, you know, any team that was going to go all in for Baker, for, uh, uh, for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, and, and then you have the ripple effect, and that's what we're seeing now. That's why Baker has to go. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So about Deshaun Watson. Um, look, I, I think there's times when you got to speak up about what you see in the NFL, and, it, and it's not been a great week for the NFL um, in a lot of ways, a great two weeks, I guess. And that is, and I know the Bucks were involved in, in sort of vetting him, and, and, and you know, I had heard from Bruce and other people that they never really thought that would happen here, you know, and for a multitude of reasons. One, the owners have to sign off on it, and two, you know, look what he ended up going for. I mean, Cleveland was ruled out at one point until they, they literally said, what will it take, and we'll pay it, you know, both in terms of compensation and then guaranteeing Deshaun Watson more money than any player in the history of football. And then lowering his salary, um, you know, to a million dollars so that if he is suspended, it's a very minimal hit. I mean, basically, and you could look at it this way, they paid him enough money so that he can pay 22, uh, you know, 22 accusers if he wants to. And I know about the indictments not being returned. I think that gave comfort to a lot of teams that he wasn't being criminally charged. That was huge for Deshaun, and he made his statement and all that. But... I'm just here to tell you, 22 women are not going to conspire, uh, some of them independent of each other, you know, and something went there that doesn't make sense. First of all, if you talk to almost any player, uh, if they're lucky enough to find somebody um, who is a massage therapist that can help them the way Alex Guerrero helps Tom Brady, right, um, they're not going to have multiple people working on them they're just not it's not going to happen you're going to find one person that you trust and that's who you're going to go to because you know that that essentially is how you earn your living right taking care of your taking care of your body um massage is always a big part of that in many instances and if you find if you find somebody during your professional career that gets you feeling better that works stuff out for you i don't care who you ask they're going to go how many do you have one you know 
on the op- outside if somebody quit too. But you're not going to social media and Instagram and picking out who's working on your body the way Deshaun Watson did. There's a problem there. And I just think that, you know, it, not that there was any illusions that this league is about winning, but this league is about winning. And it's really glaring. And you brought this up, Steve. Like, we just got done talking about Tyreek Hill. I had forgotten what he had been uh, accused of. And the fact that Deshaun Watson's the face of a franchise and a quarterback, a lot more, you know, hot lights are, are pointed in his direction. But this, the, the league has taken some, some lumps, and they deserve them, in my opinion. And I don't know what all the Cleveland fans will feel. I suppose when he starts winning, there'll be a bunch of them go, eh, you know. Um, we'll see if he reaches settlements with those women. It was a little different. Like, you know, remember when Michael Vick got in trouble? He went to jail, you know, for abusing dogs and the dog fighting and stuff. That guy came out and started doing PSAs for PETA and meant it, you know. And there was a, there was a way of showing contrition. Sean Watson has done nothing but say that th- these people are lying at this point. And I think he's going to get suspended regardless of the outcome of these civil cases. I think he's going to get a minimum of six games, which might be negotiated down to three or four, the way Jameis Winston's incident was. Um, and, you know, it, it, I there's been a lot of passionate people, you know, go on podcasts and talk about this and that. And then there's others that say, well, I don't really care because I cover football and so on and so forth. But something went down. And, and what is amazing to me is that, since I've been covering the NFL, I've said this several times, I've never seen a player have more leverage on that many teams before to the point where those teams went so far that when they didn't get him, they had to trade their quarterbacks, right? And yet this was a guy who's facing suspension and has 22 civil complaints against him. So it's, it's just astounding to me just how that all kind of came about. Well, and it's – this is the hard part for – I don't want to say hard part for organizations, but you could think of it even as businesses for, you know, employees of whatever the job is too. I mean, you know, the difference between criminal and civil, and is it an employer's job to decide that stuff? And I, I think the NFL is in a different position than a lot of jobs because of how high public it is and, and how well-known everyone is, the you know, celebrity status, whatever you want to say. And it's a bit of a public trust, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even though, even though there are businesses, make no mistake, but in many instances that community has paid for the stadium. Um, the mm-hmm. fans feel an attachment to the team mm-hmm. from you know, it's civic pride, right? So it is a little different than, say, IBM. I mean, you know, you mentioned that Bruce and others around the team kind of never thought that Deshaun Watson could end up here. Didn't feel that way. Well, and, and this team went through it with the quarterback already. They did. Yep. You know, and they chose to, you know, Jameis had <clears throat> the incident at Florida State, and they chose to, mm-hmm. to draft him. And then he had another incident with an Uber driver later. Right, and he got suspended. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this and team's been through that yeah, with the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and make no mistake, the quarterback position is different than any other position on the field. Yes. Um, you know, right or wrong, that's, you know, it, it's, you know, you don't hear as much about Tyreek Hill's problems, and it's not just one in his past. Mm-hmm. 
And yet I know coaches on this staff that will tell you that they don't, you know, you get this default sort of answer like, well, I don't know what happened, but, you know, this guy's not Antonio Brown or he's not, he's never been a bad guy before. And he hasn't until this very creepy thing happened in Texas. Um, But it is true. Like you can go back to Clemson, you can go as far back as you want to go. You won't find Deshaun Watson, you know, anything but exemplary comments about him. And there's still coaches on everybody's staff that this wants to believe so badly that, and is there a chance that he did none of this? There is. There is. I don't think it's a great chance. I don't think this is any of this was a giant conspiracy among people that didn't know each other in some instances and described the same behavior. Um, but, you know, uh, they are willing to, you know, the, and, and people supposedly did their vetting, although I think I saw where um, the attorney for all those plaintiffs said that no one actually tr- attempted to interview any of his accusers from any team, any NFL team. Well, but, uh, but, here, but interesting. The, I heard that too. And, and, and I, and, you know, w- what do you get from interview? I mean, first of all, you know what they're going to say. You've read, you've read their accusations. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, the attorney is a media hog. If you interview one, you know, it's coming out. Right. You know, so now before you're even considering, you know, are you going to trade for, if you're just trying to do due diligence and all of a sudden now it's leaking that you're talking to the accusers. Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't, I know the attorneys come out and said that and, and like appalled by it, but I'm like, if I was a team considering it, I wouldn't talk to them either. I mean, I, I don't know what you think you're going to get out of that. Well, I think what you would get is you you can judge you you know what their statements are, but mm. you can you can sort of sit across from them and judge their sincerity. Um, you know, if you have any sort of like face face to face connection with them, and I don't know if one or any of them would have actually wanted to do mm. that. Maybe they would, um, but it but it's it's not believe it or not. I mean, they didn't. You know, look, the Bucks didn't interview the Uber driver. The NFL did. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of this is handled at the league level. Um, if there's going to be punishment, it's not going to be the team. It's going to be the league. Correct. The league has an investigation that's open and they have supposedly talked to someone who's accuser. So it could mm-hmm. be that, you know, a lot of them felt, well, whatever's coming down on Deshaun Watson, that investigation is active and it's the league's peer review. You know what I mean? Now, they did ask Deshaun, I think I saw where one team spent 20, 25 minutes asking him about these these charges, you mm-hmm. know, so it wasn't as if they just went in there and, and wanted him to know what number he wanted to wear when he got to Cleveland. Um, they did some due diligence, but um, still interesting nonetheless. But listen, Deshaun Watson, what's going to happen here is he's he may have a, he's going to have an opportunity to play. I, I think he's going to get suspended for some time. I don't know how much. Um, some of the people that were around Winston in his case, they insist they tell me six games. And then you you try to bargain from there, um, but he's going to get suspended, in my opinion. And then he has a chance at twenty six years old to outplay all of this. You know, look, Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. had three of these and was suspended, and had three of these incidents um, that were uh, not similar in nature, but just as potentially dangerous and criminal. Uh, he wasn't charged criminally, but they suspended him, and Ben Roethlisberger 
just played his last game and was, you know, by all accounts, beloved, you know, and no one spoke about it. And it was, it happened back in 2010. So you can outplay it, especially you, at the you quarterback. You can, but position. then like Ray Rice never got a chance to really. Ray Rice never got it because there was video. Mm-hmm. That's, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And you know who had, you know, had perhaps something almost as reprehensible, but in a weird way also related to, to massage uh, was Bob Kraft. And there was video, and he got it thrown out of court. Nothing happened to Bob Kraft. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not trying to conflate, you know, these two cases, but, um, you know, I, I think Deshaun Watson, and I don't know how he will do it. It's obviously a, he's got a he's got a PR problem, as do the Browns and whatever team was going to end up with him, you know, to boot, no doubt about it. But at 26 years old, with the talent he has, um, however long he spends there or in the NFL, he has a chance to do the right things, and he might he might be able to to outplay it in the eyes of some people. You know, I don't know, but I know there's a lot of people disappointed with the NFL. And if you if you believe anything, you have to understand it's a business, and it's and the business is winning, right? And it's also about the quarterback, and so. You know, they can tell you anything. You can hear all the sound bites and anything they say. But I always say this, you know, when given a choice between the audio and the video, believe the video because what people say and what they do are often two entirely different things. And you know what? Whether these guys would have pulled the trigger on Deshaun Watson or not, Tom Brady came back and made that moot anyway. But you know what? I'd like to think that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, for a lot of reasons. But I don't know. That's just me. I, I know they were interested, and I know they were in the market for a quarterback. And they may be again next year, but it won't be with Deshaun. And I don't think it's going to be with Baker Mayfield. So, All right, well, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in Boston trying to avoid another three-game losing streak. Of course, the Bruins playing very well as this tough road trip or road odyssey continues. We'll see if they can turn that around up there. Uh, we got the Rays continue their spring training, of course. Uh, the Bucks will have... Some news conferences uh, later today uh, will have a chance to be introduced to some of their newer players, and so we can talk about that. Uh, but mostly your your mailbag questions coming up in tomorrow's podcast. You can always send those to us. You don't have to wait for a mailbag, but uh, do that by sending them to us on Twitter at NFL Stroud. You can reach uh, our our podcast at Sports Day TB, or you can reach me with my email address, rstroud at tampabay.com. Don't forget the Sweet 16 starts tonight. So, yeah, Your Michigan to, Wolverines, who they got? Uh, Villanova. Mm. Jay Wright, tough team. Yes, Second seed. That's a, a rematch of the national championship game a few years ago, which Villanova beat Michigan. Exactly right. I've already got the winner. I'll, I'll declare it now if you want to hear who it is, because I'm convinced, convinced that this will be the case. Well, it's got to be St. Peter's, right? Nope. Oh, there's Cinderella. Cinderella usually Cinderella makes it to the Sweet 16, sometimes the Elite Eight, rarely to the Final Four, and they don't win the national championship. That never happens. So it's not them. Um, it's going to be your Duke Blue Devils. I mean, it's Coach K's last hurrah, and I'm telling you, whatever it takes, whatever whistles you need or don't need, <laughs> it's rigged, baby. You just wait. And I know North Carolina tuned them in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor you know, stadium or whatever, and that was that was kind of a bummer uh, for him. And they didn't win the ACC tournament, by the way. So they they've they've had a couple of failures there down the stretch. 
I'm just telling you, man, unless I, I guess it's possible anybody can take him out, but it just, it just feels like to me like he's going to walk off with another national title and it ain't going to be, no one's going to stop it. It just, and I, I was on Tennessee. I like Tennessee. And then you reminded me that Rick Barnes doesn't win very many postseason games. So, yep. Maybe that's, maybe that's why. By the way, the, uh, really good. the tournament ratings are up double digit percentages. Are they? For both men and women's this year. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think, what, 12, up 12% for the men year yeah. over year. And I think the women's up 15% year over year. That's fantastic. And it just, it matters too because you get all the fans back and the pageantry and it, it you know, feels normal, right? Um, spring training is continuing. We have opening day coming up before long, so you know probably yeah. hopefully next week sometime we'll have a chance to talk to Neil Solons, somebody from the Rays. Um, yeah, we're gonna have so Neil next week on the show. So perfect, perfect. That'll be great. Talk a little Rays baseball. I saw where they've got most of their arbitration eligible guys locked up. Yep. Oh, by the way, Tommy Pham signed with the Reds as we're taping this tonight. He so. did. Yes. That's a One good year deal, I think, them. with a mutual option for a second year. Yeah. That's a good signing for them, so, for sure. I know there have been some rumblings of could he come back to the Rays, although they got enough outfielders right now. But Yeah, they do. And for the moment, KK is still with them. We'll see. I still think there's some moves to be made before we get to opening day. Anyway, thanks for listening. Mailbag tomorrow for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.